next film here is a very different film in a lot of ways. It is the latest film directed and co-written by Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven being somebody who you, we, we love to see. Um, celebrated director. Yeah, he's back. Uh, <laughs> he is back with uh, Benedetta. Yeah. The, the first non-sploitation mainstream film in quite a while. I don't know if you could call it mainstream, but mainstream adjacent. Sure. Um, I mean, were the non-sploitation movies even mainstream? Those were always kind of more of like a grindhouse sort of thing, right? Is that what you're fair referring enough. to? Fair enough. Right? But, but this is there, was there never like a big non-sploitation film ever? You're right, uh, Sisters Act 2. Well, I was going to say, are you counting the Sister Acts in that? Or are you talking more like pornographic? So I'm I, talking more of the pornographic. Yeah, right. yeah. That was an era. For, or, for I guess more – that'd be more, this is more kind of softcore, I guess. This isn't like – yeah. this is an actual pornography or anything. This isn't – this wouldn't play at like a, you know, like a stag theater or something like that in the 60s, 70s. Now, that said, yeah. Paul Verhoeven's made a lot of films. All right. He, he hasn't He hasn't written a ton of films. Um, uh, but he – I guess not. Yeah. No, I think only like a handful, not even half. Mm. Um, His recent stuff, he's had more of a hand as far as the writing process, I think. Well, not, right? not L. He didn't write L. Okay. Right? But I thought he wrote his, like, he, like, did he write Black Book? He wrote Black Book, yeah. Okay, okay. And Tricked. And Tricked, yeah. That's what I thought. But then before that, like, he didn't write anything since, like, the 80s. So he just, you know, he doesn't have a pen. He lost it. But uh, no, his last film was L from 2016, five years back. Uh, did you like L, Washington? Yeah, good film. I I don't remember if I liked it. Why not? I I didn't have Letterbox at the time, so I don't have like a like a set like <laughs> Letterbox review. I remember seeing it in the theater and just not. I don't think I have an opinion. Hmm. So I don't know. It's it's kind of a thorny film, I guess, like given the subject matter. But I I think he it it's weird. That's the type of film that I think even he was just like I expect this one to be one of my more controversial, divisive films, and that was like one of his more well-received like unanimously yeah. praised films and he was just kind of like oh really like oh. <laughs> like no he's, he's not gonna All fight right. it but he's kind of like oh really like this is the one that you know like starship troopers that gets a divisive response showgirls right. that gets a divisive response but l you know that's fawning praise and i think rightfully so but just for him yeah. that's kind of surprising <laughs> his his biggest films um like you mentioned starship troopers huge film for him a uh, great satire uh, one of those like sneaky satires uh, showgirls like you said of course total recall robocop yeah uh, he's made other films but those are definitely among like yeah the, the top of the top uh, in terms of public awareness basic instinct, basic is a instinct. Big one. yeah that's a yeah big one. i do have that one <laughs> yeah i think the the big ones to compare this one to are probably basic instinct showgirls and black book right i haven't seen black book so i mean because that was 15 years ago i want to say so yeah i never got to that film sure. um but yeah yeah i think you're right uh, i think that I think what's interesting to me about his films just in general is that I just think he's so good at making films that are really outlandish and just going over a certain type of person's head where people will take it seriously. And then the people who don't take it seriously are loving it the most because they see what he's doing. It's the same thing. Like for me, that was Starship Troopers, like having that moment when like rewatching the film, I'm like, oh, like. There is a way, like, especially when you're a kid, to take that movie as just, like, a standard kind of sci-fi romp with, you know, friends, you know, learning to deal with, you know, loss and the, the struggles of war. But yeah. then you watch it as an adult in a totally different way. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of hard to see that movie as anything uh, less than goofy, but... I, I think well, not when you're a kid, though, right? I guess or if so. you are the kind of person that the film is criticizing or, you know, parroting. 
Right. But I guess we, I guess you're saying that's like you could see that with like something like watch it with Men in Black, which is also a great film. But you could watch that and be like, oh, it's just like a fun, goofy kind of uh, alien romp, whatever. Right. Then, where people watch it like unironically kind of, you know, like right. they, they're not in on the joke. I think that's yeah. something he's great at. I think he's doing that with Benedetta. Yeah. This this nun film, right. it takes place in uh, the 17th century during the Black Plague, which actually, now that I'm thinking about that, 17th century wasn't the Black Plague. That was like Renaissance, wasn't it? Uh, I'm by no means a history buff, so <laughs> I... Well, when I, I was I, watching the film, I took it because the, the bubonic plague is happening, unless unless it's like a different plague. Sure. Maybe they didn't say Black Plague, because it was that. This would be taking place in like the 1300s, let's, 1400s. Let's just say he takes some artistic liberties with several okay. things uh, in this movie. <laughs> I'll, I'll have to do a fact. Yeah, because I'm not a historical effort, uh, expert either. And this is based on a real person named Benedetta. Um, of course, like, yeah, artistic liber- liberties across the board. It's actually to the point where it's kind of funny, a, a thing that happens at the very end where you're just like, really? <laughs> you're going to do that um, in terms of uh, tying this to, to real events uh, in the way that he does. But anyway, this is about an Italian convent that takes in a new novice. We see her first as a young girl named Benedetta. And um, I, I forget, I don't know the, uh, the young actor's name, but she's eventually played by Virgin Ifra. And she is a very devout nun. Like she, she plays things by the book, the book, you know, capital B book. We're talking about the Bible. Uh, she lives her life in full devotion to the Lord yeah, to the point book. where she literally has visions of like action star Jesus coming in and saving her from bandits. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I mean, she takes the idea that she's married to Christ uh, rather literally. Let's put it this way. It's amazing. It's, yeah. I mean, I just want to get this off of that. This film is amazing. Like I'm bowing down to it as we speak. Uh, maybe yeah. that's sacrilegious. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm quite fond of it as well, but I'll, I will talk about that more once yeah, you yeah, finish I can't, the I'm so excited. I can't synopsis. even finish the setup. Yeah, yeah. Wait, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. No, but yeah, so she's, she is a nun in this Italian convent, and she, uh, you know, things kind of change, though, when as her... As, as her life, she's like becoming an, a bit of an older nun now. She's in like, I want to say her 30s. There is a new novice who comes to town and she 30s? notices. I want to say she was in her 30s. Maybe she was I in thought, her 20s. I thought she was like early to mid 20s. Maybe. Uh, I, I could just be totally misjudging I, because wait. the actress herself is in her 40s and I don't uh, think they're going there. But yeah, maybe you're right because it, it was 18 years after the, the beginning of the film. So yeah, you, it, I guess it would be around her 30s. Yeah, you're right. Well, they kind of play it, too, where, like, she's a little bit older, but she's not old, and there's a new novice who comes in who is younger. She is kind of, like, in her 20s, it's definitely hinted at. And uh, her name is Bartolomea. She's played by Daphne Patakia, who I recognized in this movie, but I wasn't sure who she was. I think she's, like, a maybe a Greek actress. I'm actually not totally sure. Um, in terms for Virginia Ifri, um, I don't think i saw i've seen any of her films before but i know i recognize her too mm-hmm. from like a couple of things i've probably seen a trailer yeah now she, that's uh, she yeah. has kind of a distinctive look like she's obviously like conventionally beautiful but there's something also kind of like wild about her eyes that's kind of intriguing in a weird you know what i mean by that at all yeah yeah was she an l actually she might have been in that. Yeah, I, one of these two actresses was also an l i'm trying to remember who it was i but... think it was her and i'm just kind of forgetting it's been sure. a while sure um but yeah, uh, I oh no, I was going to bring this up. I because I, I did uh, look this up. I saw somebody tweet about it, and I wanted to make sure, and I wanted to spring this on you. Did you know that she did the French dub for not one, okay, but two Garfield movies? Oh, nice! I did not know that. Who was she voice? Normal. She voiced. <laughs> um, she voiced uh, Liz. Oh, okay. 
Oh, okay, yeah. cool. All right. Look at that. Yeah. I just wanted to give you a little 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 dose of sugar in your day. Yeah. Right That's fun. Day. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> For listeners who don't know, Will likes Garfield more than most. Um, okay. More than most? Yeah, I would say. Garfield's a very popular comic strip, John. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. So uh, basically, this film... It it sort of is about how these two women sort of form a bit of a taboo, unconventional bond. I don't want to say that it's like just a straight up like lesbian love affair because I think there's much more to it than that. But I think you can tell that's what this movie is pretty quickly. I don't want to say much else, but basically this this film becomes mayhem. It becomes paranoia. Basically, this woman in a power struggle for the future of the Catholic Church. And it's it's brilliant. Brilliant film. Yeah. The thing, I, as we've basically alluded to earlier, uh, what I always find fascinating about Paul Verhoeven and something that delights me to know and that, that continues in his filmography with this film is that he – people sometimes try to dismiss him as like a provocateur, like someone who is just – you know, basically trying to get a rise at people. Yeah, and lowest common denominator, that kind right. of cheap filmmaking. And like – is he going for cheap thrills? Certainly. I mean, I, he would not argue against that, right? Like he's obviously, you know, he, he, he has a style. He likes to play things up uh, very theatrical, very over the top, very grandiose. And he doesn't shy away from that. But I don't think I don't think he makes a movie just to get a rise out of people. Like, I don't think his movies are ever trying just to be exploitation for the sake of exploitation not that they would be lesser if they were but i'm saying that i think as we mentioned with like with starship troopers like with robocop like with any number of his films he is using these sort of risque taboo subjects but he's talking about things that are obviously a lot deeper something that interests him uh more thematically and i, I think this film uh, as we'll talk about for certain variety of reasons is no exception and I, it just delights yeah. me that he's 83 i think at this point and he's still just coming out and making a movie like this cheeky this mischievous this uh uh um this impish almost but he's like this you know this perverted old man that's just still doing this it, it just it's very fun i'm just very grateful to have paul verhoeven still making movies like this right now I agree with you so much. And you know, I want to be clear about something. First of all, I'm going to I'm going to do my best to avoid saying very specific things that happened in this movie because, you know, I watched it pretty fresh, right? And like seeing these things happen for yourself is a gift, you know. Uh, especially if the, if you are the kind of person that this movie is gunning for, I obviously think that a lot of people will watch this and be horrifically offended and not enjoy it. I would not recommend it to anyone in my family whatsoever. Right. There are very yeah, few I was thinking people about I would that. recommend it to. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, there are there are a few protests already happening for the film, um, at least in certain theaters. I think it's not like a dogma situation where people are like getting on the news yeah, about this isn't it. Cuties. Uh, no, I'm, I'm just talking from a uh, Catholical standpoint, like for people sure, from the Catholic sure. Church protesting it. It's not like something like dogma where they're like getting on the news because they're protesting it. It's just kind of more just like this one uh, like local theater is just getting like one or two local theaters are getting bombarded by people protesting the film for reasons I can, I guess, kind of understand. But it's also just like, aren't there bigger fish to fry <laughs> right now? You know, not to, sure. not to yeah. make a biblical pun, but um, we have an actual plague, you know, we don't exactly, need to go after yeah, the movie. Right. It has a plague in it. Yeah. So I, I want to say, I think that 
I, I we've had we've had some fun. We've had some laughs in terms of just how tired the lesbian love affair movie sort of subgenre has been how lazy it's really been over the last really not just the last 10 years last 15 to 20 years really since you know filmmakers have felt a little bit more uh bolder or brazen to like bring these stories to a bigger audience because you know it we are seeing more equality, uh, more acceptance of these stories on film than we did before. And I think that filmmakers are generally getting better at that form of representation. That said, there is still this piece of like lesbian movie that just keeps getting made in terms of like you, you have these two women and they want to be together, but they can't. And it's, it's formulaic. It's like, we, we know the beats, we know how it's all going to play out. And not since, though, I would say Portrait of a Lady on Fire have we gotten one that really, like, shakes it up and is sure. about so much more than just that easy, like, we want to be together, but we can't. That's the conflict. What's going to happen? Mm. 90% of those movies end the same way. It's boring stuff. Mm-hmm. But this movie is so much more about the relationships between women romantically and platonically. Uh, Charlotte Rampling is the other lead actor here, mm-hmm. um, who is, she plays the abbess and she like the leader of the the convent. And she is like, I think sneaky great in this movie, like truly captivating to well, behold. Charlotte Rampling. I mean, she's always great. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I would say not sneaky great, like Charlotte Rampling, good in a movie, but more so like when you first meet her, you, you think she's one kind of character and she's just going to hit those beats the way you expect. Mm. But no, she she comes I, in and like brings it in a totally different way than I was expecting, at least. Uh, I mean, I, like I said, I think she's always great and I think she excels at these type of characters. I, I, I felt that was part of the course. Like when I saw not that she gets pigeonholed to certain type of roles, but I think she obviously excels at this type of character. And so when I saw her cast in this part, I'm like, I'm, I'm assuming this is where it's going to go. And sure enough. Yeah. So, well, I think it's so much more than that, though. She's not just like a grump. who's like, I don't want them to be together. It's like so much deeper and more interesting than that. Right. And, but that's what she yeah. excels at. Like, I, I feel like she plays a lot of those type of characters to great success, obviously. But I feel like that's that's like the Charlotte Rambling magic. Right. You know what I mean? I guess, but I mean, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm, I've got something a little bit more unique out of it than it sounds. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to talk about it, right? Without I us. Think, <laughs> going I just think that it's not that I think I got less out of it. I just, I, I think Charlotte Ramley is just so adept at like playing this type of character. But like, obviously, like, I think she's just a great actress in general. I think that's that's basically what I'm trying to say. Well, we agree there. Um, this film, it premiered at the Cannes Film Festival. It was in the competition for the Palme d'Or. Obviously, it did not win. But I, I do think, though, a, a lot of the films I've seen this year, I I would say Benedetta, Benedetta is one of the more surprising ones. It, it is a provoking film, you know, despite what you know, we were both kind of saying before. Uh, I don't think it's trying to be provocative for the sake of being provocative, though. Did, did you get that kind of sense? Like, did you get the sense that this film is like doing something kind of different? Or do you feel like it's just better at doing something that's already been done before? I think it's Verhoeven being Verhoeven in that I think he indulges in the kind of uh, what's the word I should be looking for here? Uh, the kind of crass, exploitive qualities of the film. But like he doesn't look down on the fact that a movie can be a little risque and, and lean into like these uh, non-exploitation cliches or expectations. But 
at the same time as we were mentioning earlier, I think he 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 doesn't he's not going in this for a cheap rise, you know what I mean, either for himself or for the audience. Like I think he's obviously very thoughtful in what he wants to say here. I, I think he tackles the he uses those expectations to feed into his broader ideas and what he wants to say with this character. And I think it's just a testament to how good of a filmmaker he is that he can kind of have the best of both worlds here. He can make a movie that is uh, provocative and uh, taboo and, and, and play to the cheap seats in some of that ways. But he's also very thoughtful when he can make a film that is talking about religion in a very uh, elaborate and dense way. And so it just, you know, that's what I expect from Paul Verhoeven. And so it wasn't quite a surprise for me to see him pull it off. It just, it's just a great joy that he is still able to pull it off, I guess. You know, actually, I, I want to say real quick, too, because I've been comparing this to other films like Portrait, and uh, I was thinking of like other films like The Handmaiden during this, but I do think it's kind of its own thing. And I think there's a lot of really good stuff in here about just religion and how to grapple with religion. It's amazing to see from an 83-year-old man, you know, who, again, he did write this, and I just think that he has something so, so progressive and, you know, interesting to say about the catholic church uh, that just sort of it's not simplistic it's not just being like ah this is all bad this is all terrible he's showing a person who like you know her life her the, the thing that she desires conflicts with the other thing that she desires and she decides to never compromise on it and there's just something very interesting i think about you know, doing that and using power to get what you want in a world that doesn't want it. And then it all sort of happens in a very interesting cinematic way. There's a lot of spectacle in this movie, a lot of intrigue. So I was pretty, I was pretty with this movie. Yeah. Seeing it, seeing it on the screener and everything. And then I, I was engrossed with this film, even though, even when it was gross, um, I, I really dug it. Yeah. I mean, as I think you're suggesting, like there is a, a way that he could have tackled the the catholic church where it's like looking down upon it and being like oh how foolish to you know believe in such things and all that and i think he clearly a little self-righteous sure there you go there's some ah. more puns there's some more puns um but i mean i think the man um i don't know if he's i mean he's, he's talked about religion in his other films I, I think he's actually i don't know if you've heard about this apparently he like wrote a novel about jesus like it's like uh kind of like a reimagining of the jesus story and it came because i guess he uh like had like a few month period where he felt like he was actually having a conversation with jesus which is really funny when you think about this film like the fact that he had almost kind of a similar experience you know what i mean uh is uh pretty fascinating stuff but um yeah yeah i, mean, I, I think, think doesn't he want to like actually adapt that into a, a movie yeah i remember when he that. wrote it it was like a decade ago or something and he wanted to. Right. Yeah. But I mean, Let's I just see meant it. like, yeah, well, I mean, well, for sure. But apparently his next film is like a uh, erotic thriller based in Washington, D.C., but it's going to be from the uh, writer of RoboCop and Starship Troopers. So I'm it, it, I hope both come to be. I mean, I'm you know, I, I kind of thought this would be his last film, to be perfectly frank. So if he I, I'm happy if he can make another film at all, but either of those sound fantastic. So I hope they both come to yeah. be. If he's got more in the tank, let's see it. Right. Yeah, you know, I mean, like, I hope he's like Clint Eastwood, just like making movies at 90. And as long as they're as good as this, I hope. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, like, to, as far as the religious allegories and the, the commentary therein, um, yeah, I, I think he, as I was saying before, I think he just finds a really fine balance that 
only a filmmaker like Verhoeven can pull off, where it is uh, critical but not scathing of the relig- of the Catholic Church or religion in general, and it can lean into these genre expectations and play up the kind of smuttiness of the film, but have neither really conflict with what he's trying to say. By and large, if anything, they obviously complement one each other, one another. Like it's this, uh, you know, mix of high and low art in a way that is really, really fascinating. And like I said, only a director I think like Paul Verhoeven could really pull that off so successfully. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. I think that that's the the trick that he pulls off with this movie that he he pulls off in a lot of other movies, and that's it's funny, but it's not like a stupid kind of silly. Like it's smart. And it actually has an intelligent thing to say, but it also has a really good sense of humor. Like the outrageous things that we're seeing on screen aren't there for no reason. They actually like all serve the the joke and the, but not just the joke, but like the message too. I think that he's just really good at genre hybrids. And it was, it's cool to see him do a genre hybrid like this, that, you know, it has a signature style. It, it hits hard in a way where, you know, you're always entertained by it, but you, it just feels to me like every scene kind of like goes together in a really, you know, intelligent way. But at the same time, it's, it's, it's Paul Bevern. It's, it's irreverent, you know, it's not the kind of film that like you watch and it feels like it's a capital I important movie, but it just feels like a movie that he made and did his best at. And so I can't help, but really have a heart for it. And so, yeah, he's still making good movies. Right. Yeah. Go. Yeah, because it's like there are several things in this movie where I can imagine select audiences being like, do we really need X, Y, Z in this? And I think based on what I've read from Paul Verhoeven being interviewed in the past and with this film, it's just like, like, do we need graphic sex scenes with this movie? I, I guess not, but that's just what I wanted to but do. Do you need anything in any movie? Right, exactly. I love that response. Right, it's so yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah, no, it's just like that, that just sums up Paul Verhoeven in general. Like, I think yeah. everything is very deliberate and thoughtful but he's also like you know like i say sort of uh impish and you know almost i guess uh devilish in that way where he's just like he's mischievous he's right. a mischievous old man right he's just like well why not like i mean you know what I, I like it's would it be a lesser film without him like maybe i don't know who but like he wants to and it, it makes it more of a paul verhoeven film and that's certainly something i think we should be championing and celebrating especially with this film it is not a sin if you decide to go see Benedetta, I mean, I don't know. It depends on your religion, I guess. <laughs> sure. I yeah, mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> it, is it a sin to enjoy it? Maybe, but you know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, you, you'll everyone, be forgiven. I don't know by who, but definitely by us. Um, you know, to quote the film, everyone is allowed to have a sin, and I, I think this is certainly ah, one yes. that I, I allow myself to have at least. Same here. All right, what do you think the Rotten Tomatoes critical score is for Benedetta? Out of 113 reviews. Now, this one is tricky. I think most critics are favorable to positive on the film because they, they know what to expect with Paul Verhoeven. But there are some critics, uh, for instance, the Associated Press, I believe, gave this like a zero out of five stars or something like that. And it was like some ridiculous review. I read it, but it didn't. Yeah, cl- legendary review. No, yeah. no self-awareness. I loved it. I really hope the uh, marketing team behind Bed that uses those quotes yeah they should have review. retweeted it yeah <laughs> hey <laughs> right like you know yeah uh you know this is what critics are saying about our film and all that but um i think it's like 72 percent. that's my gut is what i think it's it is 83 percent all right uh, the age of paul verhoeven yeah. yeah 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 no kidding fitting yeah um yeah great movie 
And uh, yeah, definitely critics are liking it quite a bit, a little bit more than you predicted. Uh, but what about audience score? We have fewer than 50 verified ratings. So who knows? Um, hmm. That's tricky. Uh, shoot, I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say 85%. Close-ish, 80%. Okay. So, well done in your own way. You got you got pretty you. close. I'm proud. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. All right. Well, that is Benedetta. It is now playing in limited theaters. If you're listening to us from France, uh, I think, and uh, the Netherlands might have already played this too. Yeah. Like, they're like, what took you guys so long? Yeah. We've been yeah. waiting. Late um, to the party. Yeah. They had right. mass at 5 a.m. We're showing up next yeah. day. Um, not to delay this anymore, but I think it's so funny that I saw this in AMC theater. Like, the fact that this played <laughs> in AMC theater is so bonkers. That's to fantastic. Me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But whatever. All right. Well, yeah, you can check it out. It is 131 minutes long. I was actually surprised when I saw that. 131 minutes. This felt like. 95 minutes to me um i don't know about you oh yeah yeah i 100 percent agree i was actually it was like the, the just the point where i was like yeah it's getting a little long what i was just about to kind of check my phone and see what time is and that's when the credits came up I was like hot damn like Perfect. paul verifin knows when to get in when to get out good for <laughs> yeah. him airtight Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.